We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, here we go, here we go. A special edition of the post-game show. This is the home of the diehard Knicks fan. If you're a diehard Knicks fan, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss anything. This is the home for you where we talk about Knicks news, Knicks rumors, interviews, and post-game live analysis featuring live callers from you, the fan. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. CP from Knicks Fan TV. My man Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show. Special guest with us today. He was a member of the New York Knicks for five seasons. Led the Knicks to the 1999 NBA Finals. And yes, he went toe-to-toe with with Kobe. We got Chris Childs in the building. Chris, how you doing, man? Yo, 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 yo. I'm good, everybody. I'm good. I'm blessed. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it, man. So like we said, man, thanks again for giving us the time. And uh, we really appreciated the fan base. They wanted to hear from you. We wanted to hear from you. So thanks again for giving us a couple minutes. Not a problem. Anything that I can do to give back to the fans. This is really my first time in a long time even connecting. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean, man. That's what I mean. So um, it's a beautiful thing that we're here to connect. Uh, so, JL, let's kick it off with the questions, man. All right. What's going on, Chris? I'm good. How you doing? All right, still hit me. All right, cool. So, um, you know, you started off like a short stint with a team that we won't really mention right here on the show, right? A little, little more volume. I, I, I can't. Yeah, I can barely hear you. Talk, talk a little bit louder. You can't. You can't. Okay, oh, let me see. Can you hear me now? Better? Is that? Yeah. All right, man. So you started off undrafted, and you had a successful stint with a team that we will not mention. Before you got to the Knicks and you were successful there. So I just would like to know, how did you deal with battling with injuries when you first got to the Knicks? And like battling for minutes with Charlie Ward trying to get into that starting lineup, especially after having a successful stint with uh the previous team. 
Well, the, the thing is, when I got to New York uh, after leaving Jersey, I had a talk with uh, Ernie Grunfeld when they uh, came after me during free agency. And, you know, he told me that the position wasn't promised, but in my mind, I've waited five years and then, you know, in the CBA and then another couple years in yeah. Jersey to hear my name called in Madison Square Garden. That was like a dream come true. Even though I came from the West Coast, I was always a Clyde Frazier fan. Dope. So when I found out that I was going to New York and was playing in the Mecca, uh, it was it was my job. I was going after it. Uh, regardless of who else was there, I have a lot of respect for Charlie mm-hmm. and all the other guys, but I was coming to get that spot. Of course. That's what you come to do. Now, did you guys play one-on-one a lot, you and Charlie? Well, we had times where, you know, after practice, guys were playing one-on-one, but Charlie and I, at the time when I first got to New York, after leaving Jersey, I was a scorer. Mm. And Charlie was, you know, a playmaker at the time, you know, setting up the offense and stuff. And so uh, I had to, you know, change my game up to complement everybody else. So, I, I you know, I, I sacrificed, you know, my scoring and stuff because all I wanted to do was win. And Charlie was the same way. So what you're, what you're saying is you beat Charlie one-on-one. <laughs> I beat all of them one-on-one, to be honest. <laughs> it, it, it didn't matter who you lined up, John, Spree. Any of them, they all can get it. <laughs> facts, facts. Now, now, Chris, man, not nine nine was a special season. Uh, it was certainly a Cinderella run that was captivated by so many special moments. So, I just want to go through a couple of these moments and and just give me a take on you know what was the play and and what was the the reaction by you and the guys in the locker room. Let's start with Allen Houston, Game Five of the ninety nine first round against the our hated Miami Heat. We Whoa. down by one with four seconds left. Draw up the play, man. What what exactly happened? Man, we ran we run that play. It's it's like a diamond. You got a guy at the bottom, a guy at the top, and two on the wing, the guy taking it out, and we ran that play a hundred times. And usually it uh gets Allen a jump shot. But we, Miami knew us so well that as soon as Allen caught the ball, they jumped out at it. And mm. Allen, being the player he, you know, he was and is, went to the basket, which he hardly ever did. Yeah, true. Yeah. So uh, kudos to him for realizing that they were jumping out. And, man, it seemed like the same shot that uh, Kawhi hit in that series, that's what Allen shot did. It bounced, bounced and went in. And the jubilation that, after a hard, hard fought series, uh, it's hard to even describe, man. We were just glad to get by those guys because we we hated them. Yep. I hate I hated them too, man. That that series really brought the emotions out of the fan base. That was the play I remember exactly where I was, what time of day, a, yep. a, a Sunday. I mean, I remember everything about that game and and how it all went down. You know, and it's nothing wrong with hating the team. I mean, why would you go and play a sport? And you like the people, then you're not gonna give your your all. Fact. I, they disliked us. We disliked them, and that was good for basketball. Yeah. 
And, and as you said, you know, that play, they had kind of read that play before you guys executed it. Uh, one of the things I saw Charlie Ward say on that game, it, on that series, and just going up against the Heat period was that it was almost a carbon copy of what you guys were running because Pat, Pat Riley had kind of built that team as a carbon copy of the Knicks. So it was kind of like the same plays were being executed. Absolutely. And it was just a matter of who wanted it more, who who's going to imply their will the most. And, I mean, we battled, and I have respect for them, but I don't like them either, you know. That's just <laughs> the way it is. I respect, as a man, I got to respect what they brought to the table. But as a player, I couldn't stand them. I, I still can't stand them, man. Still can't stand them <laughs> to this day. I can't even you know, Yo, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm telling you, man. I even had trouble even rooting for D Wade. As great as a player as he was, man, I had I had trouble rooting for that Miami Heat team, man. As great as a player as he was, I felt it too. <laughs> you know, I liked you coming out of Marquette, but I'm like, damn, why did you go to the to the Heat? To bro? the Heat, man. To the Heat, man. So the yeah. so the next moment, obviously, the four point play, Knicks versus Pacers, Game Three at the Garden. Down by three with 11 seconds left. Draw up the play for us, Chris. It was the same play that we ran, but they double teamed Allen. Allen came down from a screen from LJ, and they double teamed. So LJ fought back to the wall on the baseline. I think it was in front of the Pacers bench. Right in front and, of the Pacers bench. Yeah, he was at least, what, 30, well, that's what Steph Curry shoots from now, but uh, 40 feet, at least 35. And I can't believe, I think it was Antonio that was guarding him. Either him, one of the Davis brothers was guarding him. And I'm like, I know they go back off and we, we got a shot. But LJ shot it like he shoots a regular three. And when that thing went in, man, I had to go to point guard mode and let LJ know, look, we got to make this free throw. All we did was tie the game. And if you ever watch the film, He's all excited, and I'm getting ready to get excited, but then I go to point guard mode, and I calm him down. Yeah. And the one, yeah. Th- the, the one thing about LJ that a lot of people don't understand, he sacrificed a lot for the team. And I was happy for him at the time, and I was able to talk to him throughout the times that we played together, and he would accept it, whether he was playing good or bad, so I knew I can go to him and calm him down which he accepted it and was able to knock down the free throw and the Pacers was history. What well, was that the greatest game or the most electric you ever felt Madison Square Garden? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, man. It, it, it felt like after they hit the shot and like the roof was getting ready to come off. Mm. You know, when the fans jumped up, it, it felt like the, the decimeter, whatever they had with the football games, with the noise, whatever. I think we 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 busted that thing. <laughs> do, do you remember what the what the vibe was like in the locker room after that game? You know what, man, we were excited, but we we wanted something more. We were greedy at that time. You know, I wish we would have been greedier throughout the whole season, and we wouldn't have had that. You know, all the troubles of trying to get in. But yeah, we we just wanted more, man. And you know, like I said, I was so happy for him because of his back injuries and all the sacrifice he made uh, offensively for other people to succeed and for him to hit a big shot like that was dope. 
It, it was big. It was big, man. But, you yeah. know, uh, on top of um, 99 being a historic season, it really didn't start out that way. I mean, you guys were really up against the odds from the jump. I mean, we had the lockout shortened season. We had two major trades, two major pillars of that team of the 90s. Knicks were gone. We traded John Starks for Latrell Sprewell. We also traded Charles Oakley for Marcus Camby. The lockout prevented you guys from really trying to get together in, in training camp in a more formal, organized way. You started the season off. Injuries took a toll on some guys, Patrick Ewing, Latrell Sprewell, and you, could, you didn't really find your groove. What was it that really turned things around and, and kind of pushed you guys into the playoffs? I think towards the last part of the season, I think the last, I, I, I kind of remember, I think it was 20 games or 16. And all we said was one game at a time, give ourselves a chance because we can we can catch who was in front of us. I'm not sure if it was Detroit or somebody. Mm-hmm. And we got a little healthier and then collectively we're able to finally, you know, put our egos aside and everybody Say, so, you know what? We don't care who leads us in scoring, who leads in rebounds. The main thing is to get a W. And I think we won like 11 out of 16 or something like that. And all we want to do is get in. We get in, we got a chance to beat anybody. That That's a fact, man. And you, and you guys really picked up steam and, and momentum. Who, who would you say was, was the glue guy uh, of that 9-9 squad? Who's, who's the guy that really brought you guys together uh, in the face of adversity and, and through the tough times? Quite honestly, you know, normally you would pick a player, and I would put LJ in that era, but Jeff was – Jeff, Jeff and Good. That's my coach. You know what I mean? He would, as a coach, I have the utmost respect for him because he wouldn't let us, let us give in to feeling sorry for ourselves, you know, and we seen how hard he worked and how hard he studied and to get us prepared. It wasn't anything that he did wrong. All he can do is give us the game plan. Right. And we got to go out there and execute. We weren't. So I think he was the glue to keep us focused, to keep us, you know, in tune to that. All we got to do is win one game. Mm-hmm. And the next game we win the next game and just keep building that way. And with him still having confidence in us as players, and as a team, we'll hopefully uh, get ourselves focused again and go out there and make things happen. Man, Gundy was a great coach for us, man. Real great yeah. coach. Who, who, yeah, he can't fight worse, damn, but he was a good coach. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're gonna get to we're gonna get to that in a second. But but who would you consider the bigger rivalry of that of your time there? Was it the Heat or was it the Pacers? It was it was the Heat. It's not even close. Mm. You know, the the, uh, the Pacers, they were very physical. Uh, but we knew that, you know, we they were just a half-court team. And if we, you know, got Spree and Allen in a, in a full court, that we, we could beat them. But the Heat, for some reason, well, with Riley knowing our system, we knowing theirs, they were the, they were the most bitter rivalry. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed going to Miami and shutting the fans up. Yeah. <laughs> Which play on that Heat team got under your skin the most? Was it Tim Hardaway? Tim, because you guys, yeah, yeah, I already been mouthing off lately. He said something Uh-oh. in an interview lately, saying that if he saw me on the street, we would what? fight. Whoa. Which is a lie. But <laughs> you know, it's cool. To, it's cool that he says that, and he lucky that I got into it with Kobe because I got warned not to get into any more fights because Whoa. he was next on the list. Tim Hardaway was on the list, Jay Ellis. 
I know he felt some type of way when we drafted uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. No, I know. I, I, I'm sorry to say that again. I, I know he felt some type of way when we drafted Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, he, he played. He played a little dirty, so you know, a few elbows here and there. But like I yeah. said, I don't mind the elbows below the shoulders, but uh, above the shoulders, we got a problem. Facts, facts. <laughs> now, now, since now, since we talking about the physicality uh, of that of that era and that rivalry, let's go to Knicks Heat Game Five, the '96 NBA playoffs. Charlie Ward, the most mild mannered of all mild mannered men. Gets Word. flipped over by PJ Brown and a and a brawl ensues. What was going through your head when all that went down, man? You know that was a tough one because I played with PJ, mm. but he had on a different uniform at that time. So luckily, I was on the court and I was just trying to get in there and get you know my teammate out of there. And then uh, Snake in the grass, Tim Hardaway <laughs> comes up behind me and nudges me in the foul. So I turn around. And I see all the other guys coming, but I don't like having my back to all action because that's how you get snuck and yeah. put to sleep. So I was just trying to get Charlie out of there, but I just hate that it, it, it happened like that because, honestly, that that team that we had then, we was going to do a lot of damage. Wow. So so you thought that team was the, was the team rather than the 9-9 team, 9-6 team was what, the team? Yeah, that team was mentally tough. Mm-hmm. That, that was a mentally tough team, so... We uh we had a really good chance that year, but like I said, things happen when you play the Heat, and you know the new rule of coming off the bench, which I know was uh brought to case because of Kermit Washington back in the day. Yeah, hit Rudy Tomjanovich, so I understood that. But it was a lot of guys that had a pinky toe over the line and got suspended. So uh, it was crazy, man. We lost Ewing, H two O, John Starks, and L J. I mean, how did you guys kind of what, – what was the vibe like in, in the in the locker room after that game, um, after that whole thing went down? We were disappointed, you know, but the, the mental toughness of that game was next man up. And, you know, my mindset, I was trying to go out there and get 40, mm. you know, because I was like, well, I got to score more, and which I did in the first half. The second half, it didn't go that way like I wanted it to, but – we were just mentally tough, and they just had a little more talent on the court than uh, we did, and I think we ran out of gas. Yeah, unfortunately, man, we we would end up going to lose game six and game seven. But as you said, um, you know, game six, I believe, you had a great game, 20 points and nine assists. Uh, you know, th- I, that was big. That was big, man. I, I'm still disappointed that, that we lost that series based on not having those guys for game six and game seven. But, you know. What, right, yeah, we weren't that full strength in. You know, if we would have won, it would have been a blessing, and it would have been kudos to everybody else that had to step up. But uh, to be honest, they just had more talent on the court at the time than we did. Facts, facts. Now let's let's skip to nine eight. We had Knicks versus Heat game four. First off, your defense on Tim Hardaway was great because the game was was still within reach. But then off the rebound, we have LJ and Alonzo Mourning going after it. Next thing you know, <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy's on the floor <laughs> trying to stop the fight. What was going through your head when Van Gundy jumped in the whole mix? First, when I first saw and LJ was, you know, he was a golden glove back in the day, so I don't know what happened at, at that time when him and Alonzo were slot boxing because, you know, 
they didn't really get into it, but I saw Jeff come off the bench, and I was like, oh, man. And then he slid down like he fell off a horse in the Kentucky Derby. And so all I saw him down there holding his legs, so I was like, I got to get him about it before he gets hurt. And I just went ahead first to, you know, snatch him out of there. And, you know, that was just part of it. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. Like, we really did not like each other. I mean, literally, it could have been like the old movie Snapshot when the puck went down and they just started fighting. Just start brawling. Just start going at it. I mean, I know a lot of guys wanted to do that. I did, you know, at times. But it was just that type of rivalry in um, that particular game. I knew something was going on because a couple times down the court, LJ posting up, Alonzo posting up, it was an elbow story. So I think I'm not I'm not 100% sure, but I think LJ said something to the ref to the effect that, listen, you got to control this. Mm. And the ref didn't respond. So I kind of figured that something might, you know, go to go left. And it did. That's crazy. And, and you know, the crazy thing is, Jay Ellis, is that after the game, the Knicks still huddled up for a team prayer. <laughs> like <laughs> like it was nothing, man. Better pray after right. that. Pray after that. Pray that, pray that we don't knock them out. Pray that you don't knock them out, man. <laughs> A- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that- we stayed doing that. You know, Charlie uh, implemented a lot of that. And a lot of guys, you know, enjoy um, the spiritual part of the game of basketball and still giving glory to the, the man above. And it kept you humbled. And it was able, you were able to calm down once you did that. If you didn't pray after a battle like that, you might go to the bus looking for the player to finish what, what was started. So true, true. That was always a good thing. True indeed. True indeed, man. All right, let, let's get to the one. A lot of the fans, they were like, make sure you ask him about Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> what happened here? We, we're, we're creeping up on the 20th anniversary uh, of this altercation. Uh, first and foremost, what happened? Well, we, we end up getting cross-matched. Allen was guarding him, but Allen took a shot, and so my job as a point guard is to get back. So I end up with Kobe. So we're running, you know, down the paint. He popped me with an elbow. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's how it's going to play. So we end up going back down the other end, come back down again. He popped me again. So I look at the ref. I know the ref name to this day. Monty McCutcheon. Oh, <laughs> I said, Monty, you go do because Monty, I knew Monty in the CBA. Okay. So I called him by his first name. I said, you go take care of this. And he shrugged his shoulders like, what you want me to do? So I was like, okay, I'll take care of it. So we go around the pick. He popped me again. And so I push him. Kobe 6'6". Six, six. I was only 6'3". So he walked up on me. I had to, you know, nudge him with the head just to get some distance. And he threw another little chicken elbow to miss. And at that time, I had enough. And I was like, okay, I don't want to knock him out. Because if I knocked him out, I'd still be suspended. I just right. wanted to pop him. Right. To, you know, to let him know. You know how you had a little brother and you're like, hey, man, yeah. take this with you. Just, just a wake-up call. Just a chin-chin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just don't, a chin-chin. Don't, don't, don't think it's soft over here. Yeah. That. You know, and so now he, he gets it. But I think I helped him. Because after that, he started lifting weights and doing Sprite commercials. <laughs> he was motivated. He was motivated after that one, man. Yeah. He, he, I seen him get into it with Mike and, and Reggie and stuff. I'm like, okay, 
I had a, a imprint on his uh, toughness. I, I remember that, man. I remember that. Yo, JL, it's the funniest thing about it is when Kobe hits him with the forearm, you could see Chris like, what? And yeah. then catch him with the bop, bop. <laughs> then you got then you got Shaq and Patrick getting into it a little bit. And one thing about Patrick, even though he never really threw hands like that back in the day, every skirmish of his career, he was always involved. Like he was always in the mix. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Then, then you got yeah, that... Spike Spike standing up. He the only one standing up in the crowd. You could make Spike out from from a mile away. That was right. Crazy, the orange. Man. They got on the orange, neon orange or whatever. Yeah. But Patrick, that's that uh, Georgetown mentality. That that's you all God, man. That's that Georgetown mentality. Because I remember, buddy of mine, Mark Tillman, played for Georgetown, and he was telling me about the Georgetown mentality. So Patrick brought that to the Knicks, and he was always a protector. Uh, oh, same way. So we, uh, it was just one of those things for the moment. I didn't go into it thinking I was gonna do that, but I had just got fed up and had enough, and the young fella tried the wrong guy that day. Chris Childs putting the goats to the test. And and the last one from the physicality standpoint, a lot of people forgot that you and MJ got into it. What nice. happened with that, man? Yeah, MJ was, you know, a lot, if, a lot of people didn't see it, but MJ was dirty. Yeah. You know, a lot of, he grab his shorts. Like I said, I'm okay with anything below the shoulders, but if you watch the film, he bowled me in the back of my head. And on a rebound, mm-hmm. then he lied and said that I decked him earlier in the game. That's completely false. He lied about that. But when he when he ran after me, I'm, I'm getting ready to swear up because I'm like, you ain't going to hit me first. I'm going to hit first. Facts. And uh, I, that's why I threw the ball at him. But that's one that I wish that I, I would have took off on him. <laughs> I, I really do. I, and then we end up – I never we never squashed it, but we end up seeing each other and playing golf years later um, in Miami – when Oak Kent would come down, we looked up and played golf, and we didn't even talk about that because I was still in same mode of yeah. You get out of line, we go fight on this golf course. <laughs> even course, on the man. links, even oh, on yeah. the links, you can still get it, man. There's some caddy shack out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, JL, let's get to the uh, to the Spurs. Oh man, I have a feeling I already know where you're gonna where you're gonna go with this, but um, what was your feeling? I'm going to the finals against the Spurs with no Ewing and no LJ. The Spurs was, it was tough, man, because we had lost Pat and, you know, we came in, we had, you know, Marcus can and LJ was real banged up. Uh, I was banged up and those guys were just, you know, you have to give it to them. They were too big. They were playing volleyball up there, tapping it back and forth. So, it was a, a, a tough series, a tough matchup for us because we, we lost one of our bigs, and they killed us on the boards. Uh, I don't yeah. think we ever got our footing and recovered after game one. Uh, we ended up getting a game, but uh, it just wasn't wasn't meant to be. I don't like making excuses. We had to go with the, the guys we had, but uh, we definitely were under man, and they were a better team. Yeah, man, I can imagine it would be a whole different ball game if Kaplan was there with LJ, especially considering the series that LJ I'm had. sorry, I can't hear you. You can't, Dad, you still can. I said I would imagine that the game would have gone completely differently if the captain 
and LJ. Yeah, if we, if we had if we had you and an LJ, maybe the series would have went a little bit differently. Yeah, I feel like Patrick being there, and that had that had uh, we could have moved LJ to the three, played Marcus at the four, and Patrick at the five to compete with their lineup because LJ could have guarded Sean Elliott, and then we would have probably put Camby on uh, Dave and Patrick on Tim, so we'd had a a better matchup, and then we could have went big. And had Allen Sweetwell at the one, Allen at the two, I could have came off the bench. Charlie could have came. It just changed up the uh, the uh, lineup to uh, complement, you know, the bigs. That we would have had a better combination to deal with their size. Mm. Did you feel like that would be the last time you went to the finals? Hey, did you feel that I, like that would have been the last time you guys would have went to the finals? I didn't. I didn't. I think it would have been because uh, I think having those guys on the team for a full training camp and getting back, but uh, they decided to go another route, and uh, that was that was that last run. Uh, hopefully, they can bounce back and get some guys in there that are willing to sacrifice their own personal goals uh, for mm-hmm. the team goal. Just go out there and battle and compete, man. I know there's different the, the rules are different, but it doesn't mean you can't go out there and touch someone. Yeah. Not for So how long did it take you to get over that loss? Are, are you still do you still think about it or how long does it what? How, how long did it take for, for you to get over that that championship loss to the Spurs? You know what? I it probably I'm not still not really over it I deal with it you know making it there because I mean yeah they remember only the people that are true basketball fans remember who takes second they just remember who takes first but true story I uh, after that season I left and went on vacation and I went to Hawaii I was getting married mm-hmm. and I go to the golf course to play golf and I come out the clubhouse who's walking in David Robinson. Oh, wow. And we just lose to these guys. And he's like, hey, can I join you? Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> no, you can't join us, man. Yeah, I got, you know, and Dave's a nice dude. But I said, yeah, you can join us. So we get out there and play, man. I hit my ball so fast. I love it. <laughs> I didn't want to see that. But, yeah, that that's just what happens, man. It, you never – fully get over it you just accepted that you know you didn't you didn't make it happen that year it's tough man it's tough so now in in the middle of the 2000 2001 season at the trade deadline you get traded to the raptors uh what did that feel like you know you gave you gave five solid seasons to the knicks went to the finals with that team in 99 um what did that how what what happened in that day? How did you find out you were traded, and, and how did you feel about that? Man, I was hurt. I was crushed, to be honest, because the deadline was at midnight. I was in Hackensack, New Jersey, at Celebrities, a barbershop that Derek Coleman owned. I used to get my hair cut by my man, Ali. Mm. And I was in the chair because it was late. I said, let me go. It was a blizzard, I think, too. It was snowing real bad. And I went up there, you know, to hang out, talk, whatever. It was 11.59. I was in the barber chair and got the call that I was traded to Toronto. Damn. Mm. 
61 seconds, I would have still been a nigga. Damn. That's crazy. So I was, I was, I was crushed, man. At the until, you know, I was like, okay, until I got to the city, to Toronto, and I was like, oh, okay. Yes, the caravana is going down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right, man. The caravana vibes is always good, man. Yeah, shout out to TOT. Yeah, of course. Doing things there. Of course, of but course. But nah, but I, you know, I'm a Nick, man, you know. Yeah. And then we end up having to play those guys. Right. And so I had mixed emotions about that, but I'm on a different team now, so I got to give them the blues. But it was hard seeing those guys on that bench, seeing them shoot around because they shoot around and we come in. So we cross paths and give the hugs and handshakes or whatnot. So, but Oak was like, man, we ain't shaking nobody in, man. We ain't, you know, <laughs> we ain't doing none of that. So, oh, I shook a few hands, man. Don't be mad. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. that That's crazy, man. Um, who who would you say was was the top three point guards? You face you know there was a lot of solid point guards, a lot of Hall of Fame point guards in the nineties. You had John Stockton, you had the Glove, Gary Payton, the Hardaways, Tim Hardaway, Penny Hardaway. You had Jason Kidd. I mean who, who I mean you even had guys like Terrell Brandon who was a nice player. Um, yeah, man. Prime. Who who would you say is your top three, the toughest that you ever had to face? That's very hard to say, man. But I got let me first off, let me give a shout out to Gary Payton. We get ready to be in laws. My son is getting ready to marry his daughter. Oh, June. get out of here! Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. So that's my that's my that's my brother, my in law. So shout out, Gary. You in the top four? I can't. Yeah, you top. You in the top three? But no, anyway, it has to be the, like the gulliest grandfather's ever. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So we go. We both fifty. So we go. We gonna play some half court one on one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, man. People don't give him that credit, man. You say AI, but AI was a one and a two. Yeah. Mm. You know, so, but like you said, Terrell Brandon was tough, man, because he had the herky-jerky style. My boy Rod Strickland. You're right, yeah. Was the yeah. truth. Rod, true, true. He was the truth. John Stockton wasn't, like, a difficult guard to guard because it was pick and roll. He needed help. Kevin Johnson was a monster. KJ. Yeah. You know, back in the day. And I was able to play against Magic at the end of his career. But uh, off the back, man, Terrell Brandon and uh, Ron Strickland don't get the credit they deserve, man. True. True, true indeed, Those cats were, they were the real deal. Absolutely, man. A um, couple more rapid fire questions before before you go, Chris. How you looking on time, by the way, Chris? Just just keep. No, us... no, we good. Okay, okay. Right. On those '90s teams, who's like the team jokester? Like who who would always, you know, pr- do the pranks and everything on on that team? Probably me. I was oh. I was a, I was a comedian. Then we had uh, the end of my uh, stand in New York, Rick Brunson. Okay. He was yeah, he was a clown, but. Uh, it was it was it was mostly me. And any stories you could share on that, that that you did? Uh, I don't really, I can't really put them out there like that. But I have yeah. some funny, couple funny stories about John Starks. Okay. Tell that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to hear that. We need to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And John, he gonna tell me. He gonna say, "No, nah, that wasn't John. It's true, bro. I was there." So <laughs> we used to go to dinner together. Me, John, Patrick. And Oak and LJ when we got into town. So we used to go to, uh, when we went to Cleveland, there was a mall and a Ruth Chris. That was our favorite restaurant. 
So we're all sitting down and uh, getting ready to order. And John's like, yeah, man, I think I'm going to have the steak, I mean, the lobster. So the guy came and, you know, bring us the menus. And he said, yeah, hey, I want the lobster. But my, I, want my, I want my lobster off the bone. And I'm like, you want your lobster off the bone? A lobster don't have a bone, John. Yeah, right. It has a shell, right? So then a little kid comes up and says, oh, Mr. Starks, Mr. Starks, you're my favorite player. Can I please have your autograph? John's like, yeah, yeah, kid, no problem. Yeah, I'll give you your autograph. I'll give you a pen. He was like, what's your name? He said, my name is Mark, and I spell it with a uh, C. So John spelled his name C A R K Clark <laughs> instead of M A R C. <laughs> so just off the back, off the dog, that's those are two of the ones that really stand out. That that's funny, man. And we're hoping to get John on the show. So we definitely gonna bring that up with him too. Yeah, um, yeah bring it up to him, but he go he go deny it, but I promise you, I didn't make that up. It's definitely true. Uh, absolutely, man. Who who was the best trash talker on that team? I would have to think you and John would have to be up there. But who who who's your the best yeah, trash talker? Me, John. Uh, well, you know Oak. Yeah, Oak of course. Talk, of course. Yeah. Oak oh, talk yeah. a lot of trash. Uh, LJ didn't really talk a lot of trash unless you know it was brought to him. But probably me, Starks, and uh, Oak. Okay. And Herb her, Williams used to talk trash in practice. What? Okay, Herb? okay. <laughs> yeah, Herb. We call Herb school. School oh, used to talk a lot school. of trash in practice. That's funny, man. So, my man, if y'all didn't get y'all sleep last night, y'all went out. Y'all better not guard me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that boy, Herb, Herb, Herb was a, a long-tenured Nick, man, even after his playing days. Shout out to Herb, man. I, be, I bumped yeah, into great, Herb great in guy. Atlanta. Yeah, real nice guy, man. I bumped into him in Atlanta maybe a couple years back, and he was just chilling. So, shout out I, to yeah, him. Yeah, he's a solid, solid guy. One of the most humble uh, guys that ever played a game, man. You know, he's a friend. We golfed a lot. That's what's up, man. Um, so, so let's take it to present day as we round out this this interview. You know, we, we talked a lot about the old guys, a lot of our heroes. Obviously, you you are aware of the Oakley situation that happened at, at MSG. Real black eye for the organization. Um, you know, you had came out on, on behalf of Oak and, and kind of taking his side and kind of through the media. You said, you know, if, if you were there, you, you, you would have helped him. You know, you you would have helped him out in, in the fray. Um, what, what's your relationship like with the team right now? I know they had a a, a celebration of that '99 team. Yeah. Were you called? Or were you not called? Like, what what happened with that? You know, honestly, I have no idea why uh, they didn't call. It was some rumbles that you know a few guys were saying that I asked for something, which I didn't because I had no idea. Uh, I think it had a lot to do with me coming out and uh, in support of Oakley. Mm. Uh, I'm the type of guy, whether it's my kids, my friends, uh, my teammates, I'm with you, good, bad, or indifferent. You know what I'm saying? Right, wrong, or indifferent, doesn't matter. I'm your teammate. So when I saw that that happened, I went into teammate mode and made the comment if I was there, I probably went to jail. They would have kicked me out too because I'm going to support my teammate. It could have been Oak, 
Patrick. Yeah. It could have been the ball, Mike. It could have been the equipment manager, Mike Moore, anybody mm. that that represent the Knicks. It could have been y'all. You know what I mean? Because one thing, we're a family. The Knicks is a family. Yeah. Win, lose, whatever. So when I saw that, I went to teammate mode. And like, that's my man. I, I, I got you. And it was heartbreaking to see, not not to see a lot of other guys come to his defense. And it's kind of uh, put a sour taste in, you know, people's mouth because of that. Will we get over it? Hopefully. Will the Knicks get over it? I truly hope so because Oak has done so much for the team and the city. He was the, the heart and soul of every team he's ever played for. Yeah. So that says a lot about your character as a man. Yeah. So uh, where we stand now, I have nothing against the Knicks organization. I talk to Steve Mills and John Starks all the time just to check in. Uh, how y'all doing? What's going on? And I'm going to always support the Knicks. Even though I got traded, it doesn't matter. That's where the, the legacy of Chris Child started. So I'm going to always support the Knicks. Right. But as far as where we are today at this time, uh, I have no idea. I, I still care and love everybody. Wish them the best. But uh, we have yet to come to any kind of uh, uh, justification why I wasn't invited. Mm. As, as a player that gave all, gave us all, and as a man, been there. was I been. hurt? Absolutely. Yeah. Because it wasn't for me. It was more so for my kids and for the fans. Right. You know, I haven't been back to New York to see people, the fans, and to interact. So it was more so a disappointment for them than myself. True indeed, man. And you definitely deserve uh, your ovation, your flowers from the God and Faithful. Hopefully, you know, today's show will, will bring us closer to that moment. And hopefully one of these days, oh, you know, the, the relationship will um, um, be repaired and restored, man, because we, we definitely. I'll come, I'll come to a game anyway, and, I, and I'll bring my own flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear that. I hear that, man. Um, what, what do you think about the current roster and the direction of the team now? You know, it seems like after you were traded, after the captain was traded, I mean, things have gone downhill since. We only have five winning seasons since that time. It's been a tough haul. What do you think about the direction that the team is going in and the current roster? Well, I think they're going in the right direction. I think uh, the coaches they brought in, he he has that mentality to get the guys uh, to understand their rules and to come together collectively as as a group. I have no idea what happened with the Porzingis situation. Mm. I, I still am like boggled how. He was let go, uh, but the, the kid that they got from Duke, uh, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Walter Berry. Mm. You know, he don't have a score mentality of a Walter Berry, but he has a little bit of his uh, game. It might be because he's uh, left-handed mm. or whatnot, but I think that's going in the right direction. I, I like Knox's game. Okay. Uh, I think he needs to, you know, uh, mix it up, not just be a three-point shooter, but, you know, a driver, a creator, and things of that nature. And uh, I saw a few guys in the summer league that look like they can, you know, play. And then all Smith has to do is start studying the, the point guard position because he's more of a combo guard 
on the score, and that's fine. But uh, he plays like Stevie Franchise, too. That, yeah, that was my comparison of Dennis Smith Jr. You Stevie know, Francis, for sure. They play the same, and Stevie was a combo guard, and they play similar styles. But if Stevie would have studied the point guard position of how to be a point guard, how to direct and get people in position, because you can always get your points as a point guard because you have the ball. But get your other guys involved early so they'll have confidence late in the game when you need them in the fourth quarter. So once he understands that, I mean, his his, his greatness is, is up to him because he's an excellent player. Uh, that, that's interesting. It's going to be a big year for Dennis Smith Jr., man, going into a state. Yeah, he got, he, got to, he got to step up. He, he has to step up and uh, take control because see, everybody can't play in New York, man. Because I remember, man, I hit a winning bucket. One week and miss one the next week, they booed me for a month. <laughs> <laughs> but I was cool with that because I wasn't playing good enough, so I deserve to be booed. Right, right. keep, keep you know, I'll, toes, I'll take it as it comes. Keep you on your toes. That's how the garden faithful is, man. Hopefully, we can get back to those days, and I, I hope yeah. we can, I hope we can protect home court, man. That's one of the things and I'm sure that has to irk you too, Chris. Is the fact that you know, no matter who we get, you have, you have guys that always come in and they say, you know, we want to be the '90s Knicks. We want to bring the physicality. We want to be tough. We want to protect home court, and and then we just come in and and it's like the guys that come into the garden to play us. They have no respect for us. They have no, you know, fear uh, uh, of us. They just want to come in and get their highlights so that they can be on Instagram and this, that, and the third. How you feel about that? See, the error, error is different. You know, uh, guys are too nice. Like, yeah. I remember when I first got there and I played Mike, and I said, I, I, I can curse. Can I say yeah. damn? Yeah, good, good. Yeah. Okay, I'll be damned if he get 55 on me. I'll foul out before you get 55. That's just <laughs> the mentality that guys have to have. No easy buckets, man. No, yeah. protect home court. They have to have a mentality not in our house. You know, when guys come in here and get cheered more than the home team, there's right. a problem. Right. So the fans are like, well, we go cheer for the ones that's playing the hardest. You know, when LeBron coming in there and Curry, you know, I know Curry, I've known him since he was – you know, five or six when I was playing in Toronto with his dad, Bill. Mm. You guys can't come in here putting on a show. Yeah. That, that ain't happening. You can go to a show on Broadway. <laughs> right, but right. But you can't put on a show in the guard. Thank you, man. Thank you. You know, that's just, that 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 has to be the mentality. So hopefully uh, Coach and, and everybody can bring that back. But I also think this should bring back some of the, you know, players they played and put them on the staff so they mm. can show them mm. and educate them on the way the game is played. Interesting. Yeah. A- interesting. Um, and, and I agree. You know, it, it's funny. We, we should. You know, they don't even – they don't utilize – uh, Clyde enough, I don't feel like. You know, they don't bring the captain in. Patrick Ewing, yes, he went to Georgetown. A lot of people argue that he should have been given the opportunity to be a part of the staff. You have Starks there working with the organization. Um, that, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, but they got the guys that are there doing community service work, right. which is cool, which is needed. Right. But you need some of those guys in those locker rooms during the tough time and tense times to, to let the guys know you know, I understand what you're going through. I've been there. Right. You know, so hopefully that that changes. But they're going in the right direction. And, man, I can't, I can't wait to see that guard 
pumped again and supporting the guys and then the guys feeding off of that and giving it back to the fans. True indeed. I, I agree with you, man. Just a couple more questions. Uh, you did say the game has changed. I definitely agree with you on that. Is there any player in the league right now that kind of reminds you of yourself or kind of just reminds you of, you know, that play from back in the day, that never back down mentality, always play tough, always play physical and bringing it 100%? I, I mean, off, off the top, uh, probably Patrick Beverly with his crazy <laughs> self. <laughs> you know, he, he don't care. And I, and I like that because we, we weren't the most, you know, talented, highest jumping, quickest, that whatever, but we had the mentality that you will not outwork me. Hmm. You know, and that's what the, the game is missing. You got everybody that wants to score 30. We need guys to do the dirty work and, and, and let the guys know that you, you're not going to, you're not going to do that. Not yeah. tonight. So, you know, him, I love watching Westbrook play. You know, I saw him in college and uh, knew that he was going to come to the league and cause havoc because of his intensity. Uh, I like the kid out of Utah, Mitchell. Not yeah, Spider, yep. Yeah, he comes and gets gets busy. Uh, I like the, the European kid at Dallas. Mm. Luka Doncic. You know, he, he, he came out there like, okay, uh, I'm giving you buckets. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good uh, young talent out there right now that uh, can play the game, but the superstars are the superstars. What makes the team are the other pieces of the puzzle. Right, supporting. So those guys that are the the sixth, seventh, and eighth man, ninth and tenth man, those guys are the key. But if they're thinking they can come in and score twenty, they got guys. They paid a lot of money to do that. True, true indeed, man. Well said. Final two questions, Chris. And once again, man, we appreciate you for coming on with us. Uh, for the for the young kids out there that, you know, they grow they grew up after this era. They never saw you play. How would you want to be remembered? You know, if, if a young kid came up to somebody on the streets and said, you know, who was Chris Childs? What would you want that person to say? That he was a guy that uh, persevered through a lot of ups and downs, through coming through the CBA, but when he got to the league, he left it on the floor every night. You didn't get cheated when you came to see him play. That's 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 all that matters. Uh, my peers knew what I brought to the table every night. You know, I remember uh, Chauncey Billups telling me, man, I wish you was, I was hurt. Mm. He said, man, I wish you were playing tonight because you pushed me. Mm. You know, as a player, that's all you, you that's know, real. care about and want to hear. You know, especially a guy like myself, because that's what I prided myself on. I didn't cheat you in practice. I didn't cheat you into the game. I earned my check every night. And I gave the fans what they came to see. They paid their tickets to watch guys that are professionals leave it out there on the floor. So that's all I I ever want to be remembered as. Well said, man. Well said. And and finally, what's your your message to the fans out there? What's what's Chris Childs' message to the fans? My message to the fans, NBA fans, New York fans, is just continue to support these guys. It's not easy. Nick fans, you guys have been beyond patient yeah. with guys that played before, the guys that are playing now. Continue to support to the players that's playing now. Don't cheat the fans. Hmm. They, they're the ones that make us who we are. And I love each and every one of y'all. And I appreciate you guys doing what you're doing. Uh, We need more of this, you know, because there's so much negativity out in the world. 
all I'm about is positivity these days. But if they get out of line, these things are still licensed <laughs> to be your business. <laughs> there it Even is, at 51. There it is. There it is, man. And now, Chris, you, you said you go into the Boise State, Florida State game. Or, or, did you call Charlie, or you just think I didn't get? I, I tried to get a hold of him, but I was there. We left uh, before the game was over to try to beat traffic because we got a hurricane yeah. coming. So I got to get home and take care of stuff. But yeah, I made it down there, man. It was. It was good to see the, the, the guys and interact with the college kids, man. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that I was available at 4 o'clock, you know, to talk to you guys. But let me say one more thing yeah, before sure. we go. Mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony should be in the league, man. I, I, right, I was going to ask you that in the, in, the, in the interest of time. But, yeah, go ahead. What's your thoughts on Melo not being in the league right now? It's, it's, it's sad, man, that. Out of all the players in the league, that he's not good enough to be on the roster. Uh, Carmelo's done a lot for the game of basketball. He can still go out there and give you twenty. Uh, give him a shot. Mm. You know, you, you you can't go, you can't go wrong. He knows how to play the game. He's a right. veteran. Uh, they say that he's blackballed, or whatever. I don't know, but I know there's something going on that he's not in the league. Uh, he didn't fit. I don't think Houston gave him a fair shake nope. when he was there because, you know, a lot of times you think guys are your friend, but there's guys out there that want your position too. So be right. careful of who you think are your friends when you play in this game because every roster spot is open towards the end of your career. So if D-Wade can play and finish up at Miami, Nick's bring him back. Give him his, his curtain call because he deserves it. Man. And I think he'll do a lot. For the younger guys, too, because now he's willing to teach. And I think Knox a benefit for having Carmelo in it. Interesting, interesting. We definitely agree with you on that, man. Carmelo should, should definitely be back in the league. I don't know what it is, but hopefully he'll be able to take his curtain call, um, whether it's with uh, – I like to see him with a contender. You know, I like to see him try to get a ring. I'm not sure what's taking LeBron so long to to uh, pick up the phone, but hopefully it works like, out. You know, like I said, you know – friends and whatnot and we don't know which way that organization is going who's runs who's doing what magic left mm. uh genie uh the other new gm they brought in and then lebron you know lebron has a lot of say uh with every team he, he plays for so i don't know hopefully they get him down there uh because he uh he definitely deserves to be in the league and i don't think he's being treated fairly at all Facts, man. I agree with you, man. Well, Chris, hopefully we could do this again. Uh, make sure you catch the replay when you get home. We had a real dope setup here for you. The, the, the fan base is in here commenting. We we took a trip down memory lane. It, it was something, you know, you gave us a lot of memories that we'll never forget, man. Obviously, we never accomplished our goals all the way. But as you said, you left it all there, out there on the line. You gave us our money's worth and, and blood, sweat, and tears, man. You, you gave it all to the Knicks and to the Knicks fan base. So, like I said, man, we definitely appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, man. Anytime, if there's anything you guys need from me in the future, uh, don't hesitate to reach out and get John on there so he can try to lie about that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to try, man. I got facts. You don't want me to pull out the receipt. We gotta try, man. Chris, enjoy the weekend. Drive safely back home and and um, be safe in the hurricane, man. All right, fellas, blessings, man. Bless up, man. Thanks again. All man. right, one love. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. 
Wow, that was wow. Good. Give it up for Chris Giles, man. Give it up for Chris Giles, man. Everybody need to chat. Put a number one up for Chris Giles, man. Come on, man. I just want, I wish I just want my, my right my mic work. Yeah, man, I had to. It's all good, I man. Take, I know you had to take over. The, I know you had to take over. My mic's not Yeah. Ah. Come on, man. Come on. Put a one up for Chris Childs, man. That was a great interview, man. Great interview, man. That was really good. That was really, wow. really good. I love how. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I think everybody can hear you. It's just um, we we we'll work on it. We'll work on it, man. Like everything else, man. We'll work on it. We'll, we'll, we'll work on it, man. Yeah, wow. I just like how genuine and real he was. Yeah. I feel, I feel like his spirit is still in that 90s, I don't give a yeah. Yeah. attitude, but I, I'm still going to rock with you to the to, to the wheels fall off, man. I love that energy, man. Uh, I love it. I, I loved it, man. I, I loved it. I mean, yo, he dropped some gems, man. Some oh gems. I mean, so yo, I wrote down so much, man. Um, LJ. He said LJ was was the glue guy. He said LJ sacrificed a lot. Um, he had a lot to say about Jeff Van Gundy, re- really helping them, the guys turn it around in the nine nine season. Um, Tim Hardaway. He said Tim could have caught the one twos a couple times. Oh, he said man. he spared him, JLS. He spared him. He spared Tim Only Hardaway. because he caught a case before and he didn't want to catch another one. <laughs> facts. Facts, facts. Oh, oh man. That that was great. Um against MJ. He said he, he, when he went up against MJ, he said he saw him again on the court with, with Oak on the links on the on the golf course with Oak. Mm. He said, don't get it confused, man. You can still get yeah. it, man. You never got yeah. over that game, bro. Still got it, man. He said he called him a liar too. He's like, he lied. Yeah. He did. He did. And you know what the funny thing is? Uh, he didn't mention it, but, but MJ put his finger in his face, man. So that, mm. that could have got real ugly. So now I see why he, he he really wanted to go after him. Yeah. And I'm surprised because even when he was talking about the Kobe incident, he said, I just want to tap him. So he purposely aimed for his neck, CP. Yeah. Purposely. <laughs> purposely. Purposely aimed for his neck so he didn't. He spared him. This is what it takes to just hit the neck. One, two, get out of there. And if you look at the t- if you look at the video, he looked like a trained killer. Like the way he yeah. squared up, seat feet step planted on the ground, one, two, bob weed. Yeah. I was like, yeah. It's not that's not he, your he first was time. in the pocket. He was in the pocket. Yeah, he, he was, was in, in the, the pocket. pocket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't his first time. That wasn't his, <laughs> it wasn't his first that rodeo. Season, that was a seasoned vet yeah. punching on twice in the neck. Right, right in the pocket, man. He had Shaq right behind him, didn't even phase him. Like, hey, Shaq don't want this work. Didn't even phase him. Shaq don't want this work. Wow. What what a uh, uh, interview, man. Um, He likes RJ. He has some good things to say about Knox. He says he needs to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. On the Mellow front, he he thinks Mellow could help Knox, which was interesting. He he thinks he wants to see see Mellow back on the Knicks. Seemed like that's how he was handling it. I I, I feel you. I know we had a... We definitely... Melo definitely needs to be in the league. It's still kind of crazy that he's not. Yeah. Um. I still feel like this roster, the way he's constructed, will be weird to have Melo on the Knicks. Yeah. Just maybe next season. Hopefully, it'd be a, a better. Who knows? Right. Who knows? Like, like more more roles to define. You know, we're not gonna need as much help. Um. Some some guys might not be here next season. Maybe maybe there'll be a chance for that. Yeah. 
I want to see, see Melo, though, on, like, the Clippers or something. I, I got to see Melo on the team, man. Come on, man. This is Carmelo yeah. Anthony, man. Stop it, man. <laughs> we we got to get to Melo real quick. Um, Shout out to everybody in the chats, wherever you guys are watching from. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Hit that thumbs up button for Chris Childs, man. That everybody was an outstanding interview, Everybody watching, hit that man. thumbs up, please. Come please, on, man. This is what we do it for, that man. I was like, man. Come on, man. Um. Oh couple things um no calls because i gotta run to a barbecue in a little bit but i just kind of want to wrap on this and then we'll, we'll talk about what's next who you guys want to see next which player do we need to get next leave a comment in the chat leave a comment on this video who's the next player you want to see on this series we gotta start naming this series jails we'll figure out a, a name for it all right yeah um his advice to dsj study study film study study the point guards Work yeah. on work on getting others involved, cause you know he can get buckets. Yo, call him. Can we can we connect that man? Let that, that, that DSJ and Chris Child. <laughs> hey, well, he's got to get back into the garden first. And he said, uh, you know, there there was some cross communication on on what happened during that nine eight nine nine celebration of that team. He mm-hmm. thinks it's because of his stance on Oakley. He's Possibly. probably right. <laughs> he's Possibly. probably right. Yeah, you know. Possibly, but I mean, hopefully, all that stuff gets swept under the rug eventually, man. Because we need to have our legends back in the garden, man. We need Oak, we need Childs, we need yeah. everybody here who's contributed to this culture, yeah. to the family, the Knicks back in the graces for the fans. For the and fans, for the- man. It's true, true indeed. And he was right, man. We we got to get more of these players involved with the team. I don't understand why that hasn't happened. I know Starks, for one, did say he doesn't want any parts with coaching. He did say that. I did hear him directly from his mouth. He said that. And uh, hopefully, if we get him on the show, we'll talk to him. Um, Chris, yeah, go ahead. Now, I will say I do like how the Knicks started to do, started to kind of bring players in last season for practices. Yeah. That was a good first step for us, like having Walton and having, you know, Rashid Wallace and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Hewitt in the beginning of the season. But it'll be, it'll be cool to have somebody there, like, more frequently. But that was a nice yeah. first step. Absolutely. Um, he said uh, his message to the players, don't cheat the fans. That was real. Don't cheat the fans. He said Patrick Beverly was a player that most reminded him of himself or of that playing style of the 90s. We definitely yeah. agree with that. Oh, yeah. I feel like everybody did say that. Definitely <laughs> agree with that. Uh, some of the other guards he likes in the league, Luka Doncic, Spider Mitchell, Westbrook. Yep. Westbrook. Yep. He said Chauncey Billups was a player that um, said that he always pushed him. That was real. Chauncey, shout out to Chauncey. He was a good, great player. Yeah, he was a great player too. Great man. player, man. He was, he was healthy. Yeah. When, uh, Staten then was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another level easy. Would have been a different story. Would have been a different story, man. Um, Nick's Heat rivalries. He said the Heat was the was by far. The big arrival of the two. Uh, I definitely agree with that. The whole Riley's undertones and the storylines. I mean, it, it got us. Yeah, I was telling you, it got us emotionally involved in it. Yeah, man. Like, you know, oh, to this day, I still can't. Dead, I can't man. respect Miami Heat to this day. I just see Trader every time I look at the Heat. I'm telling you. <laughs> to this day, I cannot respect it, man. I cannot respect it, man. I feel you. Crazy, man. And it's crazy because he when he came here, I feel like he came here... After Pat Riley left, he did, mm-hmm. and he still kind of felt the the heat from the past players over here. Yeah, who have that, yep. you know, like don't like him. Bye. They 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 immersed themselves in the rivalry. It was crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy man. Wow. 
Um, shout out to everybody in the chat watching. Once again, I showed you guys a picture of Chris rocking the, the Kobe shirt. I'm also wearing it myself. Shout out my guy, Tuck, man. My guy, Tuck, sent me this shirt in my lifetime, Tease. A lot of you guys in the chat said you would like to tease. Um, my guy, Tuck, sent me the link. It's in my video description. Hit the link in the video description to get your tease. And that's courtesy of um, In My Lifetime. They sent it to Chris. Chris is endorsing it. He loved it. And, and he took a picture of it and, and threw it up on his gram. So the link is in the video description below. If you want the t-shirt, you can get yours today. Shout out to Tuck and, and In My Lifetime tease. Somebody said they want Charlie Ward on. Charlie Ward? Okay. Okay. I see a lot of stocks. I yeah. saw. I did see uh, Eddie Curry and Jerome James. <laughs> TM, thanks for thanks for posting the link. TM's did uh post post the link to the shirt. So appreciate that. That was great, man. I'm I'm still busting off that interview, man. That was great. that was amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was watching it. Like, wow, this is happening. Right yeah, now. and and in all fairness, in all fairness, bro, and and to to you guys watching. The, the the original interview was intended to be a video interview. This is why I'm showing you guys the screen that we have set up. This, the middle screen was was meant to be Chris on video, um, yeah. but he hit me up last night, said he was going to be traveling on the road. So you always got to adjust when you're doing these things live, like I always say. So, um, so we did it audio, and I think it came out great. I mean, you guys yeah. in the chat, let us know what you think, and let us know after this live stream goes off. Yeah, it was a good compromise. I think it was a good compromise, man. Thank Yo, you. man, like... Yo, when you grove up a Knicks fan, like, dude, even if you was 10 years old watching the Knicks, 11, 12, that you will be like 20, 30 interviewing Chris Child. Never and, never thought of it in my, in oh, my entire just, life, bro. Never nuts. thought of it in my entire life, man. This is nuts, Nick. Talking about all the past I'm stuff that you. happened and like the in-between, the, the nitty-gritty details of this beef and this yeah. relationship. And that is like what I gotta watch this again, man. I gotta watch this, this weird, again, man. man. I'm not gonna lie, this is weird. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's weird man. Being a fan of your life, whole life, and then being in the interview, yeah. Even if your mic ain't working, it's, it's, it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It, it it really is crazy. Even when I was like putting the highlights together, I'm watching all this for like like I was like it was the first time getting goosebumps. Like I I don't think I stopped smiling for the first ten minutes of this interview when he was just recapping memories because. It was kind of like I was putting myself back in that place as a kid. Like, wow, I remember how I felt when this and this and this was going down. It was, it was crazy, man. It was cool. It was like, and he was so like, shout out to to the the Brooklyn Fireball. Yep, yep. That's all good luck. (laughs) That's all good luck for the day. And he seemed like mad real though. He was like mad. You can tell it was all from from the the gut. Yeah. From the, the heart, yo. Definitely from the heart, man. That was a solid, solid interview, man. We once again we we appreciate Chris Childs for the time. Thanks again for everybody for watching, man. This this was really good. Um, couple things real quick. We, like I said, I want to get to the calls, but I got to run to a barbecue, so I don't really have time to take the calls. Um, me and Jay Ellis and, and Terry had a solid, solid uh, session live from the Knicks Fan TV studio in downtown New York City. We're going to put that content up for next week as we gear up for training camp. We're less than a month away from training camp. Things are going to start happening very quickly. So look out for that content. We're getting ready to gear up. We'll have some more live streams coming up. You know, get to talk to you guys as we as we uh, get ready for the 2019-2020 campaign. 
Mm-hmm. Some other news, JLs. Uh, FIBA World Championships start tomorrow officially. Yeah. Official, official tissue. And um, all eyes will be on, well, for me at least, it's going to be on Frank and Team France. See how they do. They are in Group G with um, Germany, uh, Dominican Republic, and Jordan. So I, as we know, France is coming in there with the French Prince, Nicolas mm-hmm. Batum, Rudy Gobert, uh, my guy from Orlando. Is that going to be on the ESPN app? I'm not sure what channel. We'll, we'll put it up. I'll put it up in the community tab. Let you guys know. Obviously, I'll have the highlights from that game as well. And, you know, we just want to see how Frank is doing. We want to see how Frank is doing. I, I'm hearing that he's supposed to be starting in these he's games. Starting. So, uh, Germany's going to be... Uh, Dennis Schroeder is going to be playing for Germany. So, yeah. so that should be an interesting matchup. Obviously, you know, Germany doesn't have uh, Dirk anymore. But uh, Schroeder versus Frank should be an interesting matchup. Uh, JLs, any interest in the USA team? Um, I'm not. Really yeah, I mean, you know what it is. I mean, it's, it's lost its luster a little bit. Yeah. Because you know, I was really, really interested to see if uh, Julius Randle was still going to play. Like, how yeah. I'll keep my head in. Everybody yeah. left, man. Everybody yeah. left. You know, but I think I think it, the competition, having more competition in these games, is not a bad thing. So I'd like to actually see them come up in close games and see them, you know, go up against some adversity. And yeah. see how they respond. Serbia's going to be a beast. Serbia's going to be a beast. I mean, they got Jokic. They got um, Bogdanovic. They have uh, Boban. Serbia, Serbia got a nasty squad, man. Real nasty squad. I, I think they're considered the favorites right now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's the, I don't know. USA is going to have to fight this season. You're going to have to fight, man. Going to have to fight. Um, in other news, we saw Melo and, and, and Julius going one-on-one in the gym. Uh, what was your reaction to these highlights, JLs? It was dope. I, I like the, the, the teacher mellow, man. Yeah, he, I like I it. Videos of him teaching this Sunday game. Yeah. And it's cool to see him doing the same for, for Randall. Hopefully he picks some of that scoring acumen up and he brings it this season. And I fully expect him to take advantage of everything he's learned from Melo and just build on what he's been doing with the Pelicans and with the Lakers and Show, show us what he got this season, man. Facts. One, one thing, um, what you're noticing with Randall in these workout videos, and, and you know, these workout videos, I, I see a lot of people, like, always comment on, on the posts of, of my workout video posts, like, this means nothing. They're not playing defense. Yes, Captain Obvious, we know that. But the yeah. fact remains is that, one, there's no highlights to show. There's no season. And number two is just to get hype, just to get hype for the season, man. Show these guys working out. One thing with Randall is clear that he's working on his mid-range and beyond. Yeah. Which I think is solid. You know, he's working on his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. He didn't shoot that many um, from beyond, I believe, like 12 feet and beyond. So he's, he's working on that. We saw him get his three-point uh, percentage up from last year. Hopefully, he yep. takes another another uh, couple uh, points up this year. Yeah. I, it's obvious everything he has, like, a, a focus to it. You haven't really seen him doing back-to-the-basket the drills. Right. Because and he, even in the pickup games, you've seen him pulling up from three yeah, most of the time. Yeah. I think that's excellent. I think that's excellent, man. He's really trying to round out his game. So, hopefully, that translates um, on the season. You know, listen, man, I'm still Team Melo. Kind of watching this kind of got me kind of sentimental, too, man. It was like, damn. It did, boy. man. Didn't it? Definitely. It did. Pulled the heartstrings. It was like, oh. I was like, damn, boy, how you got this guy out here training now? Yeah. 
He's more than a trainer. Like he, that's dope that he's a trainer. They turned him into the trainer. It still put him up, but I also appreciate that he just. I also appreciate that he's just running with the team in general, man. Yeah, I like. You know, this is what we caught on film. But I I imagine that he kind of worked out with a bunch of those guys, not just Brandon. I I agree, man. I agree. So, melodrama continues. We'll see what happens, man. But Jails, let's um, let's get out of here. Um, go ahead and sign off. Oh man, I see you. Alan Houston will be the last of my favorite players. Yeah, Alan, yeah, man. So, yeah, man. So, shout out to uh, yo, shout out to Chris Charles. Shout, also, shout uh, out Chris Charles, man. My the, my show is on a, on a hiatus. We will be back mid summer in the mid uh, October, late September ish. So stay tuned for that. It's the Nick of Time show on SoundCloud dot com slash Nick Time Show. You can also watch uh, the video versions of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash Nick Time Show. Also merch, merch. I was supposed to have the store set up today, but I'm hopefully be up within a few days. That's uh, the Nick Time Show dot com. Click the store and you'll see all this beautiful merch right there in the store. You'll see that block nest monster. The new store will have the updated number right there it won't be 26 be 23 and um some new uh rj merch definitely check it check out for that and um yeah also follow me on all social media links are in the bio in my description that is all back to you cp appreciate you my dude thanks a lot jay ellis man and um let me get to my screen here we go appreciate you man great job man and hey Salute to everybody watching, man. Big, big thank you. Special thank you to Chris Childs for making this interview great for us. Salute to everybody watching on this Saturday. Happy Labor Day weekend to those of you in the U.S. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Be safe. We're ramping up. Training camp is on the way. We got some fresh content coming. May have another guest on the way. We're working on it. Let us know what you guys thought about this interview. Leave a comment in the comment section below. Big shout out Alex Collins back from Ireland. Shout out Alex Rockman So Blue. Looks like you're new in here. Shout out Ayo Pal, Keith Sinclair, some of the regulars. Uh, CP the Artist in here. Cadillac Music Group, I appreciate it. Sammy Soso, what's going on? Knicks Fan TV, Dave, thanks for your help. Uh, great job as usual. Um, who else you want to shout out, Jails? Oh, man, yo, shout out, man, much love to the chat, man. Yo, shout out, Shells. Uh, shout out to Ricardo Custer, Gil Humphreys, man. Shout out to those guys. Uh, shout out to Gene Blue. Shout out to Multi Apples. Shout out to the, the whole chat. Teddy. Uh, oh, man, always going to be out. Edward Sterling. Go ahead, TM, man. Sorry, TM, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going in and out like Styles P and Jadakiss. You know what I mean? <laughs> TM, appreciate it. Um, Teddy, appreciate it. Man, what a show, Taylor. Garth yeah. Bolin, appreciate it. Everybody with the hashtag, leave a hashtag new if you guys are new. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely shout you guys out. Thanks again for everybody for joining us. Um, man, what, what a day. Danny Girl back in here. What's up, Danny Girl? We see Danny, Danny's up? in here. Danny's in here. Um, Alex Collins Jail said, what is Labor Day anyway? It's a day to take off. <laughs> it's a holiday where we don't got to go to work. <laughs> it means no work. That's why we cutting the show, man. But we'll be back, like I said, better than ever. Number one show for the fans, by the fans. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button because this is the home for you. And uh, we'll see you guys later, man. Have a great one. Peace. Uncle Al, what up? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.